Pop Mike with Honey Withrow, and just like that, here at Outkick.com slash watch, the second hour is here, the Friday edition, second hour. One hour down, one hour to go. We'll Jeff, make it a big hour for yeah, everyone. John McClain coming up. We'll get his picks for the divisional round of the postseason coming up in just a matter of minutes. One big thing on every NFL game. And uh, if you're just joining us, if you missed Kelly in Vegas, if you want to win this weekend, follow her lead. She'll let you know which spreads to play, unlike us. Although she didn't hate ours. No, and uh, we're pretty good about when we really zero in on the one. I think we have a pretty good travel record. I think you're selling us a little short. Overall, my record well, sucks. But when I give the pitch, it's usually we've been spot better. On. We've been better in the NFL than we have college. I'm lumping yeah, everything I, in. I'll tell you where I'm pretty good, and I just don't play it enough, is college basketball. That's the one. If, okay. if I stick to SEC we basketball, seventeen cent block of the I'm week. pretty good on SEC basketball. I say that while also acknowledging that it was an SEC basketball game that screwed up a five-leg parlay for us oh. on Tuesday night when we were all together with Missouri not covering you are on a roll plus that, 14 and a half against Bama. What is it about, like, so, you know, your wife, girlfriend, significant other, whatever. They can pick based on the color of the team, the uniform, or the mascot, right? Yeah. And it, the bracket challenge, and they'll half the time end up great record. Uh, Chad, Dylan just said, hey, I'm going to name a team. You guys go with, just pick one. And that was going to be his parlay. And Chad did this, and you came up one leg short. Yeah, I, I just said, and it was just do, some random do games. this, 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 and this. And I think we were one out of five that didn't, get it done and that was Missouri against Alabama but everything else hit I, the more you know I think sometimes this is not true because people like Kelly they're professional gamblers this is what they do and they actually make a living off of it but I feel like at times the more I know about something the worse the, I am the at more you overthink it. it yes and then other times when I just have that knee jerk like oh why is this team an underdog at home by two points let's yeah. pick the let's pick them for Money line win. That that's the one that always hits. Chad, uh, Bill Belichick, chatting and, and meeting with Arthur Blank and the Dining, Falcons. Had, Dining, had dinner with him for a second time, um, in an effort to really pin down what what the goat is is going to be bringing to the Atlanta Falcons. They have scheduled an interview with Mike Vrabel for next week, and he just chatted with the Chargers. Um, Seahawks are also interested in in him. And Belichick, what that roster is versus what it could be, this is more of an investment. I think the, the view would be next season. I think this is more of the reclaim, re- reclaim the, the status that the Falcons were you know, a decade, 15 years ago, whatever, whatever era you want to look at, even as Michael Vick or Matt Ryan, competitive. And I think the other part of this, they're having a really difficult time based on listening to some friends of ours in Atlanta on radio, uh, selling the hype around buying tickets to go watch that team play. How are they going to sell what they, how are you sell a team where your best players don't get the football, right? Yeah. Who's bringing, who's Belichick bringing with them and who's the quarterback? Is it a veteran that really made a name for himself in the show quarterback or cousins? Well, Kirk Cousins would definitely be a help. I also wonder when you take Bill Belichick out to dinner, if you're the owner of NFL teams, great, for yeah. an interview, like what, what's he ordering? You think Bill Belichick goes to the lamb wherever he goes? <laughs> like I wonder what the order is, the nice restaurant, and where they go in Atlanta with Arthur Blank. These are the things that Bison. occupy my mind at all time. Yeah. The quail egg? What's your tofu option? Well, do you have a vegan yeah, option ridiculous. on this? Is it jackfruit? Is that what we're substituting with on this one? What was that one more time, Colin? 
Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that may be what he says when they go through the tofu options. Looking at the, that, it's uh, that's ridiculous yeah. that you would have this as, as an option. I don't know. I don't see I, Belichick as tofu. I'd love to know. I also don't see him as a salad guy. Yeah, like Hunt would go with the nicest salad on the menu. With some salmon. Yeah, I think he might go. I could see him going fish. I could also see him going with like a New York strip. Also, I I, I really want to know what he see, orders. I think he's more Al Michaels. Where Al Michaels just wants just give me the steak, give me the T-bone, and that's all I want. I want no sides, straight protein, nothing a la carte. Just straight steak. Al, Al Michaels hasn't had a starch since the Miracle on Ice. I think ice. he's had what you're he telling eats red me? meat every single day. Yeah, he, that guy doesn't eat potatoes, no doubt about it. Just straight, straight carnivore. I think red that's, meat. You that, think that's all Belichick? The time. I could see Belichick being that type of guy. His uh, like uh, his girlfriend made him stop eating, um, you know, uh, carbohydrates. So now he just eats protein all the time. I, I could see that with he's Belichick. He's a Kirk Cousins type of guy. I think that he is. Um, yes, yeah. I think I think Kirk Cousins, Bill Belichick. He's got to have the match. vet, the vet there. I think that's crucial for wherever he goes next. Look, I it's not the rookie, it's not a new quarterback, it's the vet. I'm a little concerned about reports that, you know, Josh McDaniels might join him. See, I like that. Um, I I don't love it. And for this reason, I I want I want this to be a legitimate fresh start for Bill Belichick. I I do want to see Bill Belichick thrive somewhere else with some a, a tiny bit of outside the box thinking. And hear me out here. Okay. Like going and finding a different offensive coordinator that he hasn't worked with before. Identify. I want to see who Bill Belichick identifies as. This is a staff that I really like. This is an offense I really admire. I'm going to go hire this guy. I haven't worked with him before, but I want him to run my offense in Atlanta if he, in fact, ends up getting that job. I'd love to see something like that for Bill Belichick. It looks like it's headed down the road where he is going to be the Falcons' next coach. I am fascinated to see how all of this works out. But I'd like to see him go a bit against the grain in terms of offensive coordinator. We know it's going to be his defense. We've seen that, though. And he's going to have that game plan. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing But I'm not talking about against the grain with dudes that have coached with him for years and not giving them a title. I'm talking about go hire some dude from college. that Because Bill Belichick, who watches film all the time, he's got to have other things that he likes about the league or about football. I'd like to see who he identifies as his outside-the-box Offensive coordinator candidate. Yeah, just uh, man, if I'm if I'm buying into Bill Belichick and bringing him in, I want I want exactly. I mean, you're buying into the Patriot way. Yeah, and I want the ten years that Josh McDaniels was there when they were humming, and you pair it with a veteran that's going to come in and pick up the offense. That, but that's, I also that's, I don't want uh, something that Belichick hasn't done before because we've seen the results. Like we haven't seen him draft the quarterback at 15 overall, and then pair him up with a defensive coordinator call plays. Man, I want the results. But he did. I want the results, but I also want acknowledgement that he sucks since Brady left if I'm hiring him. And, and we got to figure out, what, why is that, Bill? Is that your coaching or is that your personnel abilities? Because it didn't work ever since he left. So you're not going to be the GM now, so that's great. Do you like this guy that we're pairing you with to draft players? But I, I need some growth. That sounds crazy. For a 71-year-old guy that's the, you know won as many games as he has, but I need a little bit of an acknowledgement if I'm going to hire Bill Belichick that, hey, this is where it went wrong. This is where I'm going to get it right now in this next stop in Atlanta. I don't want just the old – I want the old Bill Belichick in a lot of ways, but in a few ways I want him to acknowledge he's got to tweak some things and do it a little bit differently if he's going to succeed again. Jim Harbaugh is doing things differently. Uh, instead of uh, – he's on the interview path. He's – Met with the Chargers, 
Uh, we know that the Falcons are interested. Um, and uh, along the way, after winning the national title and interviewing with NFL teams, he was also in uh, D.C. for the uh, uh, March for Life and introduced Benjamin Watson, former NFL tight end, who was going to speak at the rally to those in attendance. And he even said it was, it was football weather as he uh, took to the stage to introduce Watson and uh, mentioned everyone there setting a great example uh, and uh, the testimony for the sanctity of life and the March for Life. It's an annual event, and it brings between 50 and 100,000 people to the National Mall to, to fight for the rights of the unborn, uh, pro-life instead of pro-choice. And Harbaugh's Catholic. He's the father of seven. I always say nine, Chad. He's the father of seven. And it's he, a very biblical number also, seven. Yeah, that is. And he is uh, staunchly pro-life. And he's, he's there in attendance and speaking and introducing Benjamin Watson um, this is going to play out in an interesting fashion to me as we see the hire of Harbaugh and the reaction if there, and Chad, you mentioned this prior to the show, if there are certain states, certain fan bases in certain cities that would react in a different manner to Harbaugh now that he's doing this instead of just staying silent, which is, again, different than what you would see the typical NFL coach do. We've heard from Jeff Fisher that said, hey, there are many, many cases where I just I couldn't say anything just based on the, the, the temperature of the league where coaches are expected to stay silent. And Harbaugh's not in this case. So uh, he attended a rally, I think, in uh, June or July of 2022 also, and that got a little bit of, of press at the time. Um, didn't affect him at all at Michigan. Here would be my question with this. I, I, I don't think that it would affect him a number of places. Right. Would it affect him in L.A.? If Probably. the Chargers hired him? Well, I don't, it would affect them. I don't know if it would affect Harbaugh. Well, if he decided, let, let's say, you know, he's going to get a question now from the Chargers about this or, or whatever. You know, are you going to not soften your stance, but you live in L.A. County. It's a very liberal area. You as coach of the Chargers, we don't need you attending pro-life rallies because that gives us negative business because now people are going to accuse you of being anti-women's reproductive rights. And it's not going to be about your biblical stance as a Catholic. We're going to turn this into you hate women, right? That's the way these things, these arguments always get spun, right? It's not you're pro-life because that's your biblical belief. It gets spun into you're anti-woman and you're anti-woman's uh, ability to choose for themselves and and have autonomy over their own body and, and all of these things, right? If that happens in L.A. or another market, that, that's what I'd be interested to, to see. I don't think it would be the case everywhere. I don't think this affects him everywhere he goes in interviews and in every market. I do think there are NFL markets, though, and ownership groups that would, to me, it's ridiculous to do this, but they would not like it. And they would probably say something about it, or well, even if they didn't, they wouldn't want him out attending pro-life rallies. Well, I mean, uh, they, it, it's also a market that, you know, watch the Dodgers have the, what is it, Perpetual Indulgence? What was it, the name of that? Uh, the group? Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or Something whatever? Something like that. Uh, and then you have the, the players who got involved. You know, yeah. they end up having the, the Christian night at the ballpark as well. They didn't get the same coverage, right? So, uh, yeah, it's... I, I bet there are players in the league that would have Harbaugh's back on this. I think there are they players totally in the would. league, but again, I'm players talking on his about team. 
I'm talking about it'll be the same reaction from within the organization from the players. Well, the I players think much aren't like hiring the him though. That that it, I know is, that, is, but the is there going to be an owner that has a problem? The Dodgers with organization be damned. The players reacted the way they reacted. Yeah, I think we're, it's different. We're talking about like pseudo satanic groups that are uh, that are allowed to go to it was a game, and, uh, it was, it was, and then having a faith night that every single pro sports team has. That's right. what the Dodgers did but after they, the fact. This this group though was honored. And they were also anti-Catholic. I mean, they dressed as nuns. Yeah, and then and they and, and the response was, "We're going to have a pro pro faith night." Um, but they didn't have an anti-abortion night at a Dodgers game, and they're never right. going to have that in L.A. And I bet that if they change the talking points, if Clayton Kershaw and all of his Christian teammates change the talking points into, "Hey, now I want to use this night to really tell everyone that it should be illegal." to get an abortion in this country and in the state of California, I bet the Dodgers would have changed their tune pretty quickly on that. Well, Again, but, I don't I don't Jim Harbaugh's not going to the podium that's right. after winning a national title and talking about this. He's attending right. a rally in his free time to do it. I have zero issues right. with him doing any of Agreed. this. I'm just simply stating there's probably going to be someone out there who's got an issue with it. Is it an NFL owner? That's the only one that matters. If the ownership group is willing to stand behind their guy, and say, look, the guy is a Catholic. This is his belief. We have no issue with it at all. He can go do whatever he wants in his free time. It's a peaceful protest. There's, a, what, 100,000 people, a large number of people there, braving the freezing cold in, in the National Mall in Washington, D.C., doing this. He's one of them. We have no issues at all. I think a number of owners would do that. Yeah. My, my question is, is there one or two that wouldn't, that now take Jim Harbaugh off the list because they think he's a headache from this standpoint? I, I don't know. The Chargers or, was the one that I just circled just because of the market. Or just comparing the, the reaction. Is there a reaction to a hire in certain markets, much like what Shiano, you know, the Shiano Sunday, yeah. where you make a hire, it gets out, and then it's, it's no longer the hire. You do an about face. I don't think that happens in this case. No, I don't either, but I do think that social media is funny in this way, that like the certain whatever you are inclined to on social media, yep. there's a group for that. So, like, I'm sure that there's a group of name the NFL team fans that are extremely against anyone who's pro-life that will then rally on social media and make it a thing uh, about Jim Harbaugh. I don't know that that thing becomes really a thing or if they protest or do any of that, but there's going to be some sort of social media uprising, even if it's just a tiny little pocket of social media. I do think that would probably happen. Is there a long-term effect to it? No. I, I don't think so. And I don't think it costs them an opportunity in the NFL, but it might at a spot or two that they decide to look elsewhere because of this. And he's that's been, unfortunate. He's being very selective. It's unfortunate. Very yeah. selective with uh, where he's going. Um, and it's Chargers, maybe Falcons. But again, the second chat already with Belichick. And I would also say uh, Vrabel is interesting next week that they've already set that up. Vrabel's been very picky too on the three yeah. teams. Hadn't heard anything. And now it's Chargers, which I, this is also a dream. Chargers, Atlanta, Seattle. How do you... Vrabel's Catholic too. Maybe he's at the rally maybe, also. Maybe. <laughs> Just going to go right down the list and start knocking all of them off. How do you tone down the alpha if you're Harbaugh or Vrabel in that, in that interview? I'm not sure which one would be better at that. Just coming straight ahead and straightforward. The straightforwardness that just probably run, it does rub people the wrong way. First time I met Vrabel, he left his handprint like I was in WWE with yeah. a, you know, the palm print after slapping me so hard in the chest. The chest uh, slap. Yeah, the, it was definitely the... The meat hook got you. Yeah, it was the bro-like locker room slam. 
Yeah. Um, but instead of like the bro hug where you get like the hard knuckle in yeah, the middle open, of it, open he palm. open hand palmed you in the chest. Yeah, at the combine. Yeah. It, it was jarring. But again, that's the first interaction with the guy. And then you have Harbaugh who's just kind of, I mean, he's just going to be him. So one of those guys will probably I mean, end up look, a I, I, I think that Mike Vrabel, whatever he did, worked with Amy Adams Strunk. Um, who eventually, you know, and with John fired, Robinson. fired the guy. Yeah, and, and with John Robinson. So I, I think he's a smart guy who could probably turn it down enough. I don't know that he can turn it off. Yeah. Can't turn off the alpha that Mike Vrabel possesses. Nope. Probably not Jim Harbaugh either. But Jim Harbaugh, it doesn't strike me as like a walk into a room and start bossing everyone around and be a jerk to everyone and be the smartest guy in the room. He's just got that energy of a kid where he's going to be just – ready to go at all times. So I think he'd probably do a better job of that. But I do think Frabel's got the ability because he is such a smart guy to turn it down a notch if he needs to in order to get what he wants. And I also think... And like, what he wants is an NFL head coaching job. That's appealing, though. You know, you, it's, it's, the, it's also jarring the difference in that mentality versus the guy they just had. And that may actually win the job over for him. The you guy know? who I didn't know what his voice sounded like until they started questioning his defense. I After will, his defense I finally will call the defense, well. no matter what. I will be calling this defense. Defense wasn't the problem in today's game. I think it was a loss to the Packers. Well, like, yeah. The, yeah. I, like, I never heard this guy speak before. I wish I heard more of it. It sounded great. Chad, coming up, we've got NFL overreaction. We also have uh, Dumpster Fire of the Week. But right now, it's time for one big thing on every NFL game. And we kick things off with a weekly note. It's really a number. The number is 11. The number of consecutive seasons in which at least three teams have reached the divisional playoffs that were not in the divisional round the year before. We've got those teams, Baltimore, Detroit, and Houston. And you've got Tampa. Over a longer stretch, 15 of the past 20 seasons, at least half the teams to reach the divisional playoffs were not in the round the previous year. I'm going to try to remember this the next time I pick postseason play. And another note, uh, San Fran, they've won six consecutive divisional playoff games. That's a streak that began in 2011. Kansas City has a five-game divisional round playoff winning streak, the most in the divisional round victories of all time, New England with eight. So San Fran can inch closer to that. When you said 11, I thought you were about to say 11, the number of John Harbaugh's children. <laughs> After we just got done talking 11. about Jim having seven number kids. Number of cousins. Uh, I, I can, can't confirm, does not have 11 kids. I'm looking that info up right now. Let's but kick, a good stat nonetheless. Let's kick things off Saturday, uh, 4.30 Eastern. Texans hit the road to take on the Baltimore Ravens. It will be 15 degrees in Baltimore Saturday. So the Texans, they practiced outdoors this week in sub-freezing temperatures. Wanted to get acclimated to the low temps. The Texans haven't played in anything similar to this temperature all year. The coldest game that they've played was 48 degrees in December here in Nashville when they beat the Titans in overtime. The with defense, Case Keenum at quarterback. With Case, that's right. Yep. Uh, the Ravens, they enter the postseason with a defense that led the NFL in points allowed, 16 and a half, sacks, they had 60 of those, and takeaways, they had 31 takeaways this season. The Texans, they boast a lot of young talent. Wide receiver Nico Collins, one of them, he has nearly 300 yards receiving the last two wins, must wins, for the Houston Texans. And a Houston win would give them their first trip to the AFC Championship game in their short history. The Ravens have not appeared in the AFC title game since 2012-2013. That's when they went on to win the Super Bowl against the Niners. John Harbaugh, one child, Allison, just graduated from Collins, Notre Dame as a lacrosse player. There you go. Okay. The more you know, only one kid for John Harbaugh. Uh, Saturday evening, 8-15 Eastern, 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers. 
first ever game, number one versus number seven. Brock Purdy against Jordan Love. And now we get to see if Love can repeat that unbelievable performance from a week ago and, and do what Aaron Rodgers couldn't do, quite frankly, which is beat the 49ers in the playoffs. San Francisco has won the last four postseason games against Green Bay and games they were heavy underdogs in, in most of those matchups. And don't doubt Love to continue his great play. 21 touchdowns, one interception over his last nine starts. And this is a Packers team that got young, extremely young, but better. The Packers are the youngest team to reach the playoffs since the 74 Buffalo Bills. And since week 11, the 49ers, they lead the NFL in sacks with 30. Jordan Love has only taken 11 sacks in that same span. He had 18 sacks in his first nine games this season. A win puts the 49ers in the NFC Championship game for the fourth time in the past five seasons. Doesn't feel like it's been that consistent. Shanahan but it, is getting it done in San Francisco. Lions will look to get it done again. Uh, Sunday kickoff, 3 o'clock Eastern. They host a second playoff game in the same postseason for the first time in franchise history. Buccaneers are up next, and they've won six of their last seven games. And they've won three straight on the road. Rejuvenated team. And they're getting it done. Playing well is Baker Mayfield. But here's Aiden Hutchinson. Leads the league over the last three weeks. He has seven sacks and 23 pressures. They'll try to bear down on Baker. And Jared Goff, in their previous meeting this year, threw for 353 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 catches, 124 yards. They were dominant. Mayfield threw for only 206 yards in that game. It's a Buccaneers team that has thrived on the road. I mentioned this with, with Kelly. 8-1 against the spread on the road this season. 5-4 straight up on the road. 5-1 against the spread going into this game over their last six opponents. Nightcap, Sunday night, 6.30 Eastern kickoff. Bills and Chiefs. Mahomes makes his first postseason road start. 12-3 overall in playoff games. 10-2 in Kansas City. 2-1 in Super Bowls. And Andy Reid, he hasn't had to coach a true road game in the playoffs since 2015 in the divisional round. That's nuts. Sunday's game also features the top two scoring, uh, two of the top five scoring defenses in the league from the regular season. Buffalo can be the new Arrowhead. They are 14-2 and two at home in the playoffs since 1970. And they've earned their sixth straight win this past, this past Monday, excuse me, game rescheduled. And they started their six-game winning streak, Chad, against Kansas City. The Chiefs. Beating the Chiefs. It's the third playoff meeting between Mahomes and Allen. The previous two meetings saw 78 and 62 total points, respectively. The over-under is set at 46 and a half. The temperature predicted to be a high of 26, low of 18, and yes, 16 miles per hour wind, and they are expecting a chance of snow on Sunday in Orchard Park. And then you got to think about Isaiah Pacheco, uh, running game cook for the Bills. What what What's the better running attack in this game if wind is a factor in this one? Yep, that's one big thing on every NFL game for this weekend. I love Excellent these matchups. work, Hudson. Love these matchups. Yep. Uh, dumpster fire of the week as we welcome in Davey Hudson uh, to the program. And we, I'm, I'm going to stick with the NFL theme for dumpster fire. And I stick with the team that, well, they were fool's gold. They were who we thought they were throughout the season. Can't beat a good team. Who, who is this group? Well, that group, the Miami Dolphins. They had everything. 
Tua playing well, and he was healthy. They have a ton of speed. They have all the highlights. They have Tyreek Hill, who is amazing, phenomenal. They were the team that has everyone chasing. Well, until they play in the elements or until they play good playoff caliber teams. That was Kansas City. And that game was over as they arrived and hopped off the bus. And you could tell how cold they all looked. Uh, one in six this season against playoff teams. Outscored in those six losses by 112 points. The same team that put up 70 points on an NFL defense outscored against playoff teams by 112 points this season. And they lost on average by 16 points per game. Don't buy into the hype until they change their mentality of winning when it matters. To me, Miami, they're the dumpster fire this week. And I can't think of uh, many things that are on the polar opposite side as much as talking about Jim Harbaugh at a pro-life rally and then going to Madonna. Uh, but yeah. uh, that's where we are right now. My dumpster fire of the week is Madonna. Madonna, you got some bangers back in the day, right? Lucky star, uh, like a prayer. There's a lot of good ones out there. I, I celebrate some of your pop hits of the past. You're not good enough to wait two hours to take the stage Ooh. when your ticket says 8.30 p.m. for a start time and you take the stage at 10.30 p.m. That's what happened at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Did she do that here? Uh, I don't know. I think she did that she here, may, too. She may have pulled the same stunt here. But in Brooklyn, two people at that concert have filed a lawsuit against Madonna uh, the plaintiff is saying false advertising, a wanton exercise in false advertising, negligent misrepresentation, and unfair and deceptive trade practices. Suing Madonna and her team for making her audience wait two hours for her to take the stage. We know how these things work. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe up to an hour. Right? The concert, what it says in the ticket, it's not going to start right then most of the time. There's going to be a bit of a delay. Two hours is insane. Madonna hey. is my dumpster fire of the week. Does she even perform for two hours? I mean, I, I don't know if she physically can do it at this point. The the Union City, you, know, you can't go past a certain time. So I'm shocked that she's starting at 10. Maybe it's midnight they can't go past. So she's playing up until midnight, starting at 1030. Yeah, so it's midnight Eastern. Here it's 11. But, but Madonna, 2016, showed up two hours late. And it was Reba McIntyre, who was in the crowd, complained on Instagram that Madonna was making everyone wait. Set to take the stage at 8. Didn't arrive until 10.30. That was uh, if there was another days reason, after she was, I, she was accused of performing drunk on stage in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah I, you don't have to look far to find things to not like about Madonna. If you'd like to read up on her personal life, go ahead and do so. This is just one other reason to not like Madonna and what she stands for, that she makes her people and ran it wait back two hours. In 2024, she did this eight years ago. Nuts. Same thing. Guys, my dumpster fire... Very consistent, fire, by the way, with the two hours. Yeah. My dumpster fire is one that I can't take my eyes off of, and I actually am loving every single minute of it. A lot of people are complaining that the transfer portal needs fixed, and I think you're mainly hearing it because it's coming from Alabama fans at this point. But I, I look at the situation, and if you wanted to avoid this, your coach, your former coach could have put you in a better position as far as when he announced his retirement, going through all this. But right now... Uh, Internet friend G-Man put this out there, but if you're looking at what has happened and transpired at Alabama, 30 players have entered the portal since the portal opened. 
You've had 22 of those 30 players 30 commit somewhere. Players. Yeah, uh, that, that consists of four five stars, 15 four stars, and 11 three stars. You've also had eight players go ahead and declare for the NFL draft. That would have consisted of four five stars and four four stars. You've had one player decommit from the 2024 class. That guy was a five star. And you've had four players decommit from the 2025 class. That's one five star and three four stars. The roster is being decimated. But the big thing here, and what I love about this dumpster fire, is it goes to prove that the Alabama fans that have been so cocky as of late, it's not, you've not been good because you're Alabama. You've been good because you've had Nick Saban. It's a good program. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not. Like, I understand that they have done an incredible job over the last 15 years at the helm of Nick Saban. But now you're realizing you're going to have to go down there and scratch and claw like everybody else. You're not getting the Saban discount. The Saban discount is players are actually committing to play for Nick Saban where they're not getting paid as much from an NIL standpoint because they know it's going to benefit them whenever they get to the league based off his coaching. You don't have that now, and now you're seeing your program go down. It's a dumpster fire, and I'm loving it. Uh, so here's the annoying part of this, though, Davey. What's going to happen next? This is my prediction. Alabama underdog story. <laughs> We are going to hear about this constantly when they start kicking. Guys, they lost 30 guys of all the commitments and players on this roster. And look at what Kalen DeBoer is doing with this upstart group of Crimson Tide players this season. You're going to start hearing that from media more often than not. I, I, I laugh, too, just because they've experienced so much success. They do need to fix the timeline of all yeah. of this in some way, not because it's Alabama, just because it, it's wrong. But Alabama's also – they're going to load up on this next window – when people yeah. leave after spring practice, they're going to get their fair share of guys they want in that window of the transfer portal. But, uh, Davey, I, I am with you on this. They're, they're going to start to understand what life is like for every other team in the SEC or across major college football that has had to fight for scraps and elbow their way up or around the top of the conference for a long time. And they, they haven't had to worry about that. Because they've had a mastermind at the helm and Nick Saban, who's the greatest college coach of all time. And we're, we're also going to see, so the, the perception is they got the best ball coach in DeBoer. Yeah. It's, if it's about development now, we're about to find that out and getting the most out of who's there and who you're bringing in with you. Because uh, if, if they had gone in a different direction that is known for being the hype machine, right? And you're still, I still think you're losing these guys because you're there for Saban. I, I think it exposes their NIL a bit as well in this um maybe they don't develop as much maybe they might not have been having people donate what'd you call it the Saban discount the Nick Saban discount yeah and I explain the Saban discount for everyone the the Saban discount is the fact that you are going to uh, be coached by Nick Saban to where other schools are offering you more money from an NIL perspective but you actually give Alabama the discount because no other program can offer you Nick Saban I think it was um, they're not taking nothing but maybe taking less than some other opportunities because it's Alabama and Saban I, I believe it was uh, Caleb Downs, who said, if I still would have gone to Alabama for the one year just to be coached by Nick Saban, like even if I knew he was retiring, I still would have done what I did and then transfer out afterwards. Wild. Also wild, news just breaking. Terrence Shannon Jr., the Illinois guard that's uh, been charged yes. with rape in Kansas, filed the injunction yes. for the federal judge. He's been granted the temporary restraining order. Uh, quote from the judge, the potential harm to the plaintiff outweighs any harm to the university, so he is now allowed to play. Illinois must lift the suspension, so he is eligible to play for Illinois while he faces these charges. Yeah, I, you know, I immediately think Matariza. Yeah, but the difference was the, the criminal charge that charges that were brought in that in this case compared to Ariza. 
Um, yeah, this feels like a blueprint now. I don't know if everyone can pull it off, but if right. you feel like, hey, I'm being charged with something I didn't do, I'm innocent of this crime, and now my future's being taken away and I can't play on this team because of this, I don't know if it's just college to pro, you know, how you can do it, but it, it worked, at least it with did. University of Illinois and Terrence Shannon Jr., where he's now allowed to play. Suspension is lifted. Coming up, John McClain will join us. We'll preview the NFL weekend. We'll get the picks, and we'll break down who you should pick and why for the divisional round. Straight ahead here on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here at Outkick.com. It's where you can catch all of the streaming shows live, outkick.com slash watch. You hit the uh, website, scroll up, hit the tab for watch. Live programming right there. On demand as well, full shows available at the watch page too. And clips and more, condensed version of the show available on our YouTube page. Just subscribe to that channel by searching Outkick. We say hello to John McClain at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. SportsRadio610.com is where you can read and see and hear his great work. And his great work has spanned now nearly five decades. John, good to see you. Thank you, guys. It's good to be seen. It is the best weekend of football, is it not? Yeah, I always love the divisional round of games. I won't be able to relax and watch them all. And But you know what? Small price to pay with the Texans playing at the Ravens. Even if they get blown out, it still would have been a great season for them. The Astros just uh, signed the best relief pitcher in baseball, Josh Hader, yes, and I did. tweeted, it's because they got tired of the Astros stealing their, I mean, the Texans stealing their thunder. Give, give us the, the, the thunder matchup for tomorrow's game with Houston and Baltimore. Everyone's picking the Ravens. Everyone's going with the MVP, Lamar Jackson. Uh, he has one win in the playoffs. Uh, the last time they were the divisional uh, round with the number one seed, the Titans beat them there at MNB Bank Stadium in what was a crazy atmosphere, extremely loud. C.J. Stroud is a big game player. What do you expect from him in the second playoff game? Uh, there's no pressure on him at all. I mean, he's a rookie, and uh, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Now, Lamar Jackson, 1-3 in the playoffs, 0-2 in the divisional round. And Lamar Jackson can't have more MVP awards than he has playoff victories. Yeah. And that's what happened if they blew this game. They're favored by nine and a half. I picked the Ravens by seven. But the Ravens are under more pressure than the Texans who are you know, that old cliche playing with house money. But Baltimore's good. You know, they've beaten a lot of really good teams, scored 30, eight of their last 10 games. They've got the best running game, the Lowest scoring defense. They're number three in points scored, number one point differential. But Lamar Jackson's under a lot of pressure. I would expect him to come through, but you never know. Everybody thought they were going to win big over the Titans, and Mike Vrabel did an incredible coaching job to win at New England and at Baltimore. John, quick detour away from the games just for uh, just briefly. Do you still feel like Bobby Slowick is maybe a year away from getting that head coaching opportunity, or is it starting to heat up a little bit more for him where he may take a job in this cycle? Nobody knows. He's got like five teams interested in him, two of whom have uh, 
guys that he knew with the 49ers and worked with, of course, Rand Carthon and, and uh, Adam Peters, a new GM at Washington. Um, Bobby's been a play caller for one year. He's been a coordinator for one year. You don't see many do that. Mike Tomlin did it. How long ago was that? Um, and Mike years. wasn't even, and Mike wasn't even a coordinator. Yeah, he was coordinator one year and a DB coach. But when you do that, like Brandon Staley and some others, you run the risk of doing it too soon. And I have three examples. D'Amico Ryan's interviewed, said, you know what? I need a second year as a coordinator and a play call. Kevin O'Connell did that in Minnesota. Ben Johnson did it last year with Detroit. He interviewed here. A lot of teams were interested in him. He said, you know what? I need another year of seasoning. Now, I don't know what Bobby Slowick's thinking. We ask him about it every week. He says, I'm grateful. Thanks to Nick Casario and Tamika Ryans and my players for putting me in this position. He says all the right things. You know, Bobby's a really smart guy. And if I'm the Titans and I got Will Levis, and if he likes Will Levis, you never know. He may love him. He may have him rate as a third or fourth round pick, but I would want a guy like that to coach him and to call plays for him. That's why I'm certain they're not going to go with another defensive coordinator. You guys know when you fire an offensive coordinator, sometimes you go defense. You fire defense, you almost always go offense. And when you got a young quarterback you're trying to develop, you better get a guy that can coach him. One of the problems with the Eagles, when Brian Johnson, who's interviewing for jobs, replaced Shane Steichen, he didn't do a good job of coaching Jalen Hurts and calling plays for him. John, you could say the uh, playing with house money applies to the Green Bay Packers also after what they've done late in the season and what they just did to the Dallas Cowboys. But does any of that matter when they face off against San Francisco? No. I mean, they've, they've had a, a good regular season and a great playoff game. You know, of everything we remember in these playoffs, the way they went into AT&T Stadium and humiliated the Cowboys, we're going to remember that more than anything other than who wins the Super Bowl. And I think, like the Texans, their dream's about to die on the road against the team with the best record in their conference. But they know going into the next season, the pack is back. They got a young quarterback who made an amazing transformation after the bye week. He was a like he went in as Clark Kent and he came out as Superman. And and CJ Stroud's been more consistent all season. But you talk about up and coming young quarterbacks in NFC, Jordan Love, AFC CJ Stroud, even though Love's been in the league three years longer than Stroud. Since we're talking Cowboys, what did you think of the decision to retain Mike McCarthy for at least one more year? Didn't surprise me at all. Jerry Jones hadn't fired a coach since 2002. People are like, what? He's, he's fired? No, he lets their contracts run out. The last coach he fired was Dave Campa. And uh, after the season, Jason Garrett, they kept him so long. He doesn't have a quick trigger. And he's good. He didn't make an emotional response. They will be good in regular season. They may be have the home field advantage finally. Do you know what? Is anybody going to trust them during the playoffs? No. Do you trust Buffalo against Kansas City Sunday? Boy, Jonathan, I do. Buffalo's like Detroit. They seem to be a team of destiny. Now, their fans haven't suffered like Lions fans. Nobody's fans have suffered like Lions fans. One playoff victory since the 50s. Hell, Bill O'Brien had twice that many with the Texans. So Buffalo's got a lot of injuries. 
Any quarterback can go in there and win. It'd be it would be Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid calling the plays. But and the Bills do have you know they're hurting, but man, Josh Allen is playing great. Didn't turn the ball over in the wild card round, and uh, I think Buffalo is going to get revenge for that great, great playoff game in 2021. I, I'm hesitant to lean Buffalo simply because of the Chiefs' defense. Um, I, I, I look at Kansas City through a prism of offense and how low they've been this year compared to what we're used to, but I haven't given them enough credit defensively. And I also, in the back of my head, I keep telling myself, Josh Allen is so streaky back and forth. Interception, turnovers, and then he's great. I don't know which one to expect week to week. Nobody does. You know, right when you think, okay, man, he's turned that corner. He's not going to turn it over. Boom, he throws an interception. But we know this. He's going to run. Just had a 52-yard touch, touchdown. He will run. And I just think the home advantage, Patrick Mahomes playing his first playoff game on the road, which seems just unbelievable considering he was elevated to the starter role in 2016. But I, 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 I like the Chiefs, respect them, but I'd love to see Buffalo win for the same reason I'd like to see Detroit win. For the fans. So do you think they Detroit gets it done again, or do you think the streaky Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where Mayfield's now two and one in the playoffs, they're they're hitting on all cylinders like many teams right now. Are they going on the road to win this game? No. Lions are gonna win this game. Their fans, my goodness, they're so excited. If they get to the Super Bowl, I know the you could jack up the price to five thousand a ticket, and there'd be some numbskull Lions fans taking out a mortgage to go watch their team in the Super Bowl because it's the first time they've been in a championship game since the 50s when Buddy Buddy uh, Parker was the head coach. And uh, I think it would be just marvelous for the Lions fans. Now, I don't think they're going. I think the 49ers are. But uh, it's still an incredible story. John, let's look at some of the coaches and, and some of the updates. What is the appeal of Bill Belichick in Atlanta? Second interview, uh, second chat taking place, and uh, they're scheduled to meet with Vrabel next week, but if you want Belichick, you get him now, and the second interview would indicate they've narrowed this down to just a handful of guys, veterans. And he's met with Arthur Blank, and it's really Belichick interviewing them about what they expect. You know, they got – I'm sure he doesn't want Rich – McKay, the president, who's a former GM of the Bucks, being involved in any way. They got a GM, Fontenot. Uh, he wasn't even at the initial uh, news conference when they announced Arthur Smith's firing. So not sure what it is for them. They got a lot of pieces in place, but they don't have a quarterback. I kind of believe if Arthur Smith had gone back, they got the ninth pick. Could they have signed Kirk Cousins? Could they have traded up? Could they have found a quarterback? at nine, that they would have turned a corner. Problem with Belichick, he shouldn't be making personnel decisions because he did a terrible job. Once Nick Casario left there, they had one bad personnel decision after another, and it's a great job. They got running backs, got skill position players, good defense. They're just missing that one little player, and and but they're in position to get a quarterback. So I don't blame Belichick wanting to work for blank, a lot less pressure from the media and fans. and uh, But I do think Mike Vrabel would be ideal there because they have so much depth at running back. But I also think Seattle, which is missing nothing except a quarterback, 
would be a great place for Vrabel as well. Where's Harbaugh in all of this? Because the Chargers also talked with Vrabel. Yeah, the Chargers are talking to a lot of people in case in case Harbaugh backs out on them because they, they're hoping they get him. They know he loves Justin Herbert. You know, if he's going, this is the time to do it. He's lost a lot of players. He's won the championship. There's only one way to go, and it's it's not to Canada. It's down to down to uh, down below Ohio State. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I think he's got to go. If he doesn't go now, he's never going to go. He's interviewed twice before. He's now interviewed twice, and I don't know if it's them saying no or if it's him saying no. Right. But uh, I wish he'd just get it over with. I'm tired of talking about it. Final thing for you, too. Uh, players at the end of the season with an interim coach, with their current coach, whatever, when they're asked about guys on the hot seat, for the most part, publicly, they take a stance where it sides with the coach. But I haven't seen it this vocal, this loud, the way I saw it with the Raiders in that locker room. They stick with Antonio Pierce. He's the new head coach permanently of the Las Vegas Raiders. Was that the decision all along after they – did their due diligence to look around and see if anything else just blew their, you know, blew them away in, in terms of uh, the, the type of, of coach and atmosphere and uh, overall vibe that they would bring to that that Raiders organization? It looks like it, Jonathan. It looked like Mark Davis thought about trying to hit a grand slam. And it wasn't just the players. It was who the players were, both sides of the ball, not just defense. You can understand defense because that's what Pierce coached. But they're still taking a heck of a chance, taking a guy with such a short resume, using Tom Coughlin to help him out, and that's fine. I don't like hiring a coach and then hiring a GM. I've never yeah, liked that. I think I if you're going to hire a general manager, hire him and let him hire the coach. Because as it is, if the GM is supposed to be the boss, and I don't like coaches having total control uh, over personnel because I think they need help, so I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't backfire because it usually backfires with the Raiders. John McClain, you can check out his great work, sportsradio610.com, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, enjoy divisional weekend and, and playoff games and uh, enjoy what's going to be a, a fun game between the Texans and Ravens. Cold atmosphere. If the, if the Texans were to win this game, it'd be the first time Houston had a team in the AFC Championship game since the Oilers after the 19. 19- 79 season guys thank you very much and hope you have a great week. have a great thank weekend you. john thank you mr two baltimore will be back in the afc title game for the first time since they won the super bowl over san francisco he's going chalk there i there's always a surprise this season has been so unpredictable we will see surprises telling you i'm I just, just keep, hoping the surprise I, I is keep, in tampa i'm not betting it but i keep seeing green flashing bay. flashing before me green bay detroit nfc championship game an all-NFC North championship Green game. Green Bay can win that game. That's what I keep seeing. I the just, vision that I've had. We can all say that my vision was silly if they're down you know, 21 points and, late in the game on Saturday night. And if the, if the Green Bay wins, the discussion on Monday will be about Brock Purdy and not Jordan Love. It will be the turnovers that lead to that, that win. Could be. For Green Bay. Could be. We welcome in Davey Hudson. Time for our locks, our moneymaker locks. Uh, guys, I'm just taking the points this weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm rolling with uh, the plus nine and a half on both the Texans and the Green Bay Packers based on the way their offense has been playing. And both defenses, Baltimore and, and San Francisco, known for getting the football back, two of the so- solid pass rushes that you'll find. I'm just taking the points because 
it's lofty right now in the divisional round for some big underdogs that I think can stick with it. And while I'm not predicting Houston or or Green Bay to win the game, I do think it's a, a one-possession type game late in the fourth where both both favorites end up just running it out and making the plays necessary to, to end the game in a dominant fashion, but the scoreboard won't reflect that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit with my heart here, but I think that this team has a chance to dominate this game. I'm going Detroit at home minus six and a half. They're gonna win by a touchdown or more against Tampa in this game. I think that atmosphere that we saw this past weekend is gonna be the best in football this weekend. Maybe, maybe Buffalo is gonna challenge also this weekend, but I like Detroit minus six and a half at home against Tampa this weekend. It'd be crazy, but I would love to see a Green Bay versus Detroit NFC Championship. I mean, the the storylines for that one oh, then, would be remarkable. And then Jordan Love, it's, Jordan Love yeah. in the Super Bowl. I, I I just it's to me it's just such it's uh it's poetry that it would be for the Lions to get to that Super Bowl they'd have to vanquish their NFC North not even rival a team that's just owned them historically. Aaron uh, with their history versus the Lions history to get to a Super Bowl, to me, it's perfect. Aaron Jones needs to own this game against Tampa. He leads the league in rushing since he came back from injury, um, and he can do it. Guys, my moneymaker lock this week, it's Houston nine and a half points, man. Like I, I look at this. I and, agree. And I, I've been on this one. I, I said it whenever they initially announced that the Baltimore Ravens were going to be resting their starters in week 18 you get into that entire conversation of rest versus rust, and Lamar Jackson's going to come out rusty. I, I thought it was a terrible decision that he didn't play in that final game. I knew you had the one seed locked up, but given that guy, he has to be in a rhythm, and letting him sit out for two straight weeks, it's just going to be, it, it will come back to bite John Harbaugh, and this team's going to, like, I'm not surprised if they go home. Like I'm going to go tech, go Texans money line. Go big. I do. Dave. Well, go big. I, I do go have big. a small wager on Texans money line, but oh, the, the lock is the plus nine and a half. And like um, John said, you look at this, there's no pressure on CJ Stroud. There's not. And I think Houston's going to actually surprise a lot of people in this game. You sound like a guy needs to go big on money line. You, you've, been, you've been talking Texans about this money for a while. Line. Texans money line. Lock it in. Lock it in. Reverse the spread. There it is. There it is. He's going to take the <laughs> wrong team favorite. He's going to take Texans minus He's nine got and a half. Texans minus double digits in right. this game. Back at it to recap and uh, give full opinion on everything we see in the divisional round. Join us Monday, four o'clock Eastern, right here for Hot Mike with Henry Withrow across the Outkick Network. <laughs>